Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there, welcome back. This will be for James chapter 2. The heading reads, God hath chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, salvation gained by keeping the whole law, faith without works is dead. Verse 1, My brethren, ye cannot have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, and yet have respect to persons. Now if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then in yourselves partial judges, and become evil in your thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Bruce R. McConkie said, Riches are a curse, and not a blessing, when they lead men to live after the manner of the world, to treat others with partiality. Verse 6, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall save in one point, keep the whole law. He is guilty of all. Any person who is exalted to the highest mansion has to abide a celestial law and the whole law too. I spoke to the people showing them that to get salvation we must not only do some things but everything which God has commanded. That was by Joseph Smith. Bruce R. McConkie said, The fact is that one sin without repentance damns, whereas obedience to the whole law is required for salvation. Verse 11, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if that if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the, by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. In other words, if we want to have mercy given to us, we better give mercy to others. What profit is it, my brethren, for a man to say he hath faith, and hath not works? Can faith save him? Yea, a man may say, I will show thee I have faith without works, but I say, show me thy faith without works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. If we say we have faith in Christ, but do not do the things he has asked us to do, we do not really have faith in him. If he tells us to be baptized into his church, and we choose not to do it, we are showing him that we do not have faith in him. Faith is demonstrated through our obedience to the principles and ordinances of the gospel. Verse 15, For if a brother or sister be naked and destitute, and one of you say, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, he give not those things which are needful to the body, what profit is your faith unto such? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Faith and works are like two oars of a rowboat. You need both to move forward. Verse 20, Therefore wilt thou, wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead and cannot save you? Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. Thou hast 
made thyself like unto them, not being justified. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how works wrought with his work with his faith, and by works was made was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified. To be justified is to be pronounced innocent. Justification is a legal term that means to become acquitted from sin. I know I've read this before, but I think it's worth reading again. It is the act of faith. It is the act by which a sinner is freed from the penalty of sin and is accepted by faith, by God as righteous. Justification does not come from the works that we do. It can only come through the grace of Jesus Christ. However, one must qualify for justification. It requires the sinner to exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of their sinful acts, and enter into a covenant with God through the ordinance of baptism. The Lord declared that as many as would believe and be baptized in his holy name and endure in faith to the end should be saved. The Book of Mormon emphasizes the necessity of repentance to appease the demands of justice as part of the justification process. Because Christ suffered the eternal consequences of our sins, repentance will release man from the grips of justice. Alma explained, according to justice, the plan of redemption could not bring about only on conditions of repentance of men. For except it were for these conditions, mercy could not take effect except it should destroy the work of justice. Wherefore, redemption cometh in and through the holy Messiah, said Lehi. Behold, he offereth himself a sacrifice for sin to answer the ends of the law unto all those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and unto none else can the ends of the law be answered. Because of his sacrifice, Christ stands betwixt them and justice, having satisfied the demands of justice. Thus Amulek stated, and thus he shall bring salvation to all those who shall believe on his name, this being the intent of this last sacrifice, to bring about the bowels of mercy, which overpowereth justice, and bringeth about means unto men, that they may have faith unto repentance. And thus mercy can satisfy the demands of justice, and encircles them in the arms of safety, while he that exercises no faith unto repentance is exposed to the whole law of the demands of justice. Therefore only unto him that has faith unto repentance is brought about the great and eternal plan of redemption. The prophet Joseph Smith taught, To be justified before God we must love one another. We must overcome evil, we must visit the fatherless and the widow in their affliction, and we must keep ourselves unspotted from the world. For such virtues flow from the great fountain of pure religion, strengthening our faith by adding every good quality that adorns the children of the blessed Jesus. We can pray in the season of prayer, we can love our neighbor as ourselves, and be faithful in tribulation, knowing that the reward of such is greater in the kingdom of heaven. What a consolation, what a joy. That was by Joseph Smith. Verse 25, Likewise also Rahab the harlot was justified by works when she had received the, the messengers and sent them out another way. We know that uh, the word harlot may more correctly be translated as an innkeeper, not a harlot. Verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.